Hello, welcome back to another edition of the I'm Always Right Sports Podcast. I'm your host, as always, the Mount of Michigan, Rob Mendyka. With me, as always, my co-host of the Merck Zone, Mike Merkel. I'm here. He's here. We're locked and loaded. We're ready to go. We got lots of stuff to talk about today, Mike. We got the Wings Free Agency. We've got uh, we've got Ring of Honor, Death Fortisano. We got some WWE programming news, which is you know not always the biggest thing in the world, but you know it, it's it's news nonetheless. Um, and then we've also got a big question on the quarterback world this week. What quarterbacks are under the most pressure going into the season? And then, of course, to end the show, like we've been doing all off season as we get ready for training camp, we're talking NFC South positional rankings, where we go through every single one, um, and we're going to kind of see exactly where every team stands up. This will be probably a quicker one than normal because, well, let's be real, the NFC South is... Hot doggy doo doo, but we'll we'll get through there. But Mike, let's start here. Let's start with the wings. Um, you know there was a you know there was a lot of signings that happened. Um, you know clearly there was a plan, right? Like you can't. <laughs> there was one of those situations where it was just like, okay, well apparently Eiserman was like had you know was rip roaring and ready to go. Um, you know two of the biggest signings: Andrew Cop, uh, a center uh, from New York, signs a five year deal. Uh, 5.6 average. Uh, ben Sherratt, a defenseman, um, coming from Florida, four years, 4.75. Uh, David Perron, left wing, and Kubalek, left wing from Seattle and Chicago, respectively, on two-year deals. Um, those are the big ones, really. Um, and they got uh, they, they they traded for a goalie as well during the offseason. So they they've made a lot of moves, right? The there was clearly a plan. It, they, it, this felt so much like the Lions a couple years ago when they just went, hey. Trey Flowers, okay, Jesse James, okay, Jessica Gold. But hopefully these ones actually play better because all of those guys were terrible for us. Mm-hmm. Um, but they had a lot. They had money to spend. They needed, to, I think, spend like eight or ten million dollars just to get to the salary cap floor, mm-hmm. which I think is kind of crazy, low key. Uh, the fact that they did that. Um, just give me your thoughts on uh, you know the some of the signings here. Andrew Cop being the biggest one. He's from Michigan. Right, he's going to play that second line center there um, to kind of really add some depth. It's five years; he's twenty-eight years old, so you're getting him really at the prime of his career. Um, thoughts on what the Wings have done? They're kind of probably done at this point from a roster perspective. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm guessing they're going to kind of watch and see if Simon Edmondson, their first round pick from two years ago, was going to be ready to go. But outside of that, roster's pretty locked in at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, talk to me. What What do you think about this? this? Is the first time, long time, the Wings have actually spent some money? Yeah, um, I don't, I don't um, hate this from them. I think yeah. this is, I would have, thinking about it, probably would have rather have ra- uh, waited a year yeah. for this because I think you had you had the two guys who were in the rookie of the year mm-hmm. campaign. Yep. Most cider actually won yep. rookie of the year. Yep. Uh, you still got um, Dylan Larkin, who's like kind of your star yep. young guy there. Um, kind of wish you would have developed those guys. Maybe just like one more year. Maybe bring up that guy. Um, yeah. So well, Simon Edmondson, he's he's. This is the year, right? Like yeah. yeah like this will be the if if he's good enough, he'll be on the team. Yeah. Um, but having all those guys and like developing them, and then maybe yeah. waiting until next year. Because yeah. I think the Pistons are in like the exact same yeah well, time frame of their rebuild, where they have a whole bunch of young guys, right. and I feel like if it was like this upcoming offseason right. where they're like, all right, we're just going to spend well, money, 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 you. money. Let me sell you on something real fast here because I agree with you to an extent. Mm-hmm. However, I don't think these moves are moves where you're going, oh, we're going to, we're pushing our chips to the middle of the table and going all in, yeah. right? This is not that situation. 
the the Ben Sherat one is a little bit tough defenseman. He's thirty one. That's that's not the greatest thing in the world. But outside of that, especially the Andrew Cop signing, I really like because I think what he's doing is I think he's going okay. We're hitting this point where we've got some good young talent. Dylan Larkin's going to be a free agent next year. We got to get him done right. Um, you've still got Jacob Rana as well that you're going to have to bring. You've got one more year left with him after this season, so you've got him as well. Um, you're going to have to figure out what you have with Bertuzzi. In addition to Lucas Raymond, Mo Sider, right? You've got guys like Robbie Fabry who under Phil Fronick who's there. You know, you've got a couple really solid young goalies, Nadelkovic, um, and the guy they just got from uh, and uh, Vili Husso from uh, St. Louis. So you've got. You've got guys, right, where I think that what he did was he kind of just went, all right, enough with just sitting and sitting on our hands and waiting. Now it's time to kick some stuff in the butt a little bit, and let's see what we have, right? Let's put some veteran talent in here. Um, like, let's infuse some let's infuse some veteran talent in here to kind of flesh out these major holes and gaps in this team. And you're, I think what you're allowing yourself to do is, all right, let's let's push some money to the front here now. When you re-sign Larkin, when you re-sign, I'm assuming you're going to re-sign Bertuzzi and some of these other guys, you now have your structure set for these young guys to not have to be like, it's all on you, right? You're, you're giving some other guys who have some playoff experience the ability to come in and take some of the pressure off and let those guys be free. Because mm -hmm. when you've got Mo Sider and Lucas Raymond, they both have to be like critical cogs right that's good in the long term but at the same time you know they're 19 20 years old right like that's a lucas raymond shouldn't ever even been on the roster if, if rana didn't get hurt right so mm -hmm. it's one of those things where like he didn't even know what you had he's 20 years old i don't think it's an all-in type of move i think it's them looking at it and saying we had to fill some major holes here and let's go get guys that we think fit specific roles to help with the guys that are already making plays for us and fleshing out this roster rather mm -hmm. than because i think in hockey too i think it's a little bit different than basketball where you i don't think if you let just all the young guys go you're gonna have a lot more problems whereas in basketball i feel like okay like you seen kate cunningham even like he immediately was like oh he's a very good basketball player mm -hmm. i think in hockey i think it takes a little bit it longer. does take longer you know what i mean yeah i guess that's just where yeah. it comes to it takes longer that's why i wish they would give him another yeah. year to get fully right to develop just having an extra yeah. year before they started i'm doing very, this process, I'm very but. interested to see how, what this team is going to look like because with these moves right like i said i think it's so important to to emphasize i don't think that they this is not a decision where they go oh well this is a set uh, stanley cup team it's just not right mm -hmm. that's just not what this is but when you look at this team and you look at some of these guys here right like you look at Lucas Raymond and Mosai are 20 and 21, respectively, right? You've got even guys like Gustav Lindstrom and, and uh, Michael Rasmussen, they're 23 and 24. Verana, 26. Larkin, 26. Fabry, 27. Uh, Andrew Kopp, 28. Like, you have guys that are either about to enter or entering or in their prime years right mm -hmm. now, right? So it's like now is, I think, the beginning of... And we're going to continue to see the aggressiveness kind of play out for them where you go, okay, let's see what this does. Do we need to make moves at the deadline? Do we need to get rid of people, bring people in? And I think this is where you're going to start to see Eisman really kind of play with the Rubik's Cube in the way where you go, okay, how do I find the right combination mm -hmm. of guys? You know what I mean? So I'm very interested to see what this team does. I was just happy that we just did something other than just sat there and just went, oh, we just signed you know, this guy. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, like, that's true. You know what I mean? I thought it was clearly – a very 
targeted approach. Cobb's going to be your second line center. Even a guy like um, like Sherratt, big bruiser, big dude to play defenseman, right? Who can play a little bit. Um, he's going to be that guy that you know can be the enforcer. So Larkin doesn't have to be right. Like Larkin should be scoring goals, yes. not not trying to get in fights, defending everybody. So things like that where you go, all right, you literally went. You had like a list of things. What guy fits this thing the best? Mm-hmm. All right, let's go get him. Let's go get him. Let's go get him. So, you know, like I said, they, they've got they're going to have cap space in the next couple of years. So, and you know, that's going to get taken up obviously by re-signing all these young dudes. But I'm encouraged, and I think this is going to you're finally going to see them where I thought last year we talked about midway through like oh they're you know they're hovering. I think now is where they're going to be like okay we're really going to start to see them maybe compete for a playoff spot, mm-hmm. which will be. Hopefully Good. fun. Hopefully, right? Especially you got a new coach in there now, right? You got the Tampa Way Tampa Bay Way coming in. Yeah. Um, I love the you know, Tampa so Bay Way. What I'm saying is we're going to back to back to back Stanley Cups. That's what I'm saying. I don't know. And winning and two winning of three. three. Right, exactly. So it's not bad. It's happening. It's just happening. I guess so. <laughs> so I wish. <laughs> we should talk about later. You guys are playing really that well. would be that would be fun to have one playoff team to talk about. Oh god, yeah. Listen, man. Lions are going to make that seven seed. You know what's you know what's fun about this podcast? So we've been going so long without a team in the playoffs, Dude, what and we then do, but then now we're going to have now we're going to have like yeah. the next like five years. We yeah. might there's upwards of like two, three, even all four teams being mm-hmm. like relatively good playoff yeah. teams, and you're like, oh, now we have like stuff to talk about every yeah. week. Someone made a tweet out there. We we're not going to talk Pistons this week because there's nothing to talk about. But someone put a tweet out there where they're like, man, we're really going to see Oklahoma City and Detroit in the finals in five years, aren't we? Like, and I was like, that is the most hilarious. Cade versus Chet. Yeah, exactly. It was like, oh, he's like, because he's like, he said it like, and he's like, oh man, we're going to see these two low ass. Yeah. You know, like nobody wants to come to Detroit. Nobody wants to go to Oklahoma City. Yeah. And now it's like, well, now that the two teams, now that the two teams are going to be in the finals. So it was with like Milwaukee and Phoenix. Phoenix. Yeah, that, they're, they're, everyone's like Milwaukee and Phoenix. Phoenix. Yeah, it's like the yeah. That's it's such like a trivia question. Yeah, where it's gonna be like, who did Giannis beat to win his first NBA championship? And you can go, Warriors. Yeah, right. Were they were Lakers. Lakers. They beat Lakers that year. Where was LeBron? Yeah, <laughs> he was on the Lakers. Oh, so I had to be the Lakers. Yeah, exactly. I'll, he went I'll, to like fourteen yeah, straight or I'm something. Gonna, I'm gonna go to Lakers. Yeah, it's like actually it was Phoenix, and they go who? <laughs> um, yeah, no, uh, you know it's exciting nonetheless for sure. I, I think it's one of those things we've been talking. We we started this podcast at the worst possible time because we talked we, where everybody was at its lowest for the most part, and now we're getting to the point where you're, I think you're finally starting to see some movement where you go, well, maybe, maybe we're getting there. Maybe's the time. So hopefully, hopefully, hopefully we'll see some progress there. Like I said, I think the wings last year found out some things, and I think that helped. Mm-hmm. So I think in this infusion of some talent to really fill in some holes. I think it's going to really help them. I think their goaltending situation is going to be much better. I think you've really got a 1A, 1B with Nadalkovic and Huso. So, and then you still have Sebastian Casa out playing his thing right now as well. So you've got three guys all under the age of 30 that you have to be excited about mm-hmm. in the goaltending situation. So that's good as well. All right. Let's shift focus here a little bit, though. Let's talk um, – we're going to talk Ring of Honor, Mike. It's okay. What is that? What is what that? What is that? Well, it's AEW Light. <laughs> <laughs> um First, I, I guess technically it's the second show under the AEW banner, right, that mm-hmm. Ring of Honor is running. Um, yeah. Their first one since the acquisition, because they already announced they were going to do Supercard even when they went on hiatus. So um, this is the first one with, you know, since they've been under the AEW banner where we're actually building the storylines rather than just have randomly announced matches. Yes. Uh, we don't have a full card yet, but it looks promising mm-hmm. so far. It looks promising. 
Um, real quick, though, before we actually get to the matches, what do you want to see out of this from a presentation standpoint? Do you want to see it like the best ver- – like, in my opinion, Ring of Honor had like a two- or three-year period where they had the best wrestlers in the world. Mm-hmm. When they had the Bucks, you had Cole, you had St- Kevin Steen, you had Gen- – like, you had just a lit Tommaso Ciampa, Matt Taven, Red Dragon – Jay Lethal, all these guys, all in the same roster, who you saw every single night, right? Like every single match, it was just like, wow, this. I don't see a bad match on this list. Like, in my opinion, right? Like that's where we kind of need to get back to for this. Like it needs to be more wrestling based, mm-hmm. right? And I think that the but the presentation I think needs to be amped up a I, little bit. Yeah, how I look at this is yeah. if they could give me exactly what NXT was to WWE. Yeah. I would be thrilled. Yeah, right. Is, I would agree. With I that. was That's like, if, if they took out AEW Dark, yeah. and even to an extent Elevation, but they do the Elevation taping before Dynamite, mm-hmm. so that's fine. Yeah. But if they took out what dark, what the 30 matches they put on Dark and put some of those guys on Ring of Honor and just kind of built around Ring of Honor yeah. and kind of had Ring of Honor being your, okay, it's going to be our YouTube show mm-hmm. that yeah. is an hour long every week. Yeah. Uh, it's it's actual promotion. It's like Ring of Honor, but it's connected to AEW. So when you get called up, you get mm-hmm. called up to AEW or whatever. Yeah, right. There's no ever bleed over until someone gets called up to AEW. To AEW. Right. But then you can also throw people like Darby Allen down for a run in Ring mm-hmm. of Honor if you need right. to also. Like you kind of mix talent in between there. Yeah. But that's kind of how I would like to see it is you just put on cards like the one we're going to talk about where you put five or six matches on pay-per-views. They're yeah. just five or six banger matches that everyone wants to see. Yeah. And you give guys like most of the people that are on this card the spotlight that they wouldn't get on the AEW banner because there's a yeah. lot of AEW guys right now mm-hmm. who you're like like the Ethan Pages you and, go, and you doing? go what are they doing right. they could easily just okay I'm going to go challenge you for the Ring of Honor world title yeah, and you yeah. would not bat an eyelash let me, let me ask you this do you, do you fear though with that mentality because WWE for NXT purposes especially they brought them into WWE and because they're like okay well, we're going to you know we're going to put them with a new character we're mm-hmm. going to repack we're going to tweak things right so it definitely felt like it was a developmental you have guys like right now like jay lethal that are 25 year pros do you think that that hurts them in the long term because like oh well they're going to go to ring of honor rather than be an AEW because ring of honor is the the minor leagues or do you think that this is a having these guys go we're talking about a lot of big talent on this card here do you think that's a temporary set up until they can get more relative young guys yeah no i i definitely think i take over yeah i think no i think this is definitely like a like you're only gonna see this for the first couple pay-per-views i do think you'll get to the point where like the varsity blondes right like like, is a perfect guy to be on yeah wheeler yuda being the pure champion Mm -hmm. like uh who's another uh some young guy like i i mentioned darby allen you could also throw in like um uh, what Ricky Starks? Oh, absolutely. like someone Ricky like Ricky Starks, Starks be Ring of Honor Star- World Champion right now, and I would have no interest. Exactly. Like I think a lot of those guys yes. who aren't like prime time AEW stars yeah. right now will go down to mm-hmm. Ring of Honor at one point, right. and I think right. they'll do a lot of fun stuff. And there. I think that helps elevate them later, right? So, and I think what it would it would enable well, AEW to do is it's like okay, Ricky Starks goes isn't on AEW television for a while. Like him and Powerhouse Hobbs go down to Ring of Honor, and then. They have a six, eight month run in Ring of Honor, then they come back. It's like they're re-debuting. Yeah. Right. But so I, like you have that And the same factor. thing is I would want them to keep their records. Yeah. Like add to their records from yeah. Ring of Honor to mm-hmm. AEW. Yeah. So when they have like a six, eight month reign as a champion or something, you're like, all right, he he went fourteen and zero as Ring of Honor World yeah. Champion, blah blah blah. Right. So it sounds like, oh my god, like this like, guy this is, is a legit. This guy's guy. a le- right. he was Ring of Honor World Champion right. for 
282 days, had yep. 15 defense. Wow. Right. Yeah. Now he's now when he challenges for the yeah. TNT title or even the right. AEW World Champion, it's like man, this he's, guy's yeah, this guy's resume. This guy's got the resume to yeah. do it yeah. instead of or I guess you could keep the Ring of Honor things separate and just say oh he was 16 and 0 in Ring of Honor. Now he's zero and zero in well, AEW. Saying, right? like, but you could do back. it either way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I I just think that like having like the win-loss record means something for Ring of Honor would be huge. Yes. Because it's so easy yes. to be like, okay, Varsity Blondes put the tag titles on them. Six months, they're tag champs. And you go, man, there are 12-0 and 0 in Ring yeah. of Honor's tag right. champs. Right. Now let's see what they do against yeah. the Bucks and Lucha. Like, you know? Correct. So I think stuff like that would be a lot of fun yeah, to watch, I'm very too. interested to see kind of the future and how they do it. I do think they need a show of some sort here. Yes. Because having them just on random rampages or on darks or on whatever yeah. it, it it devalues the importance of the championships yeah. like having ha- the current champions that they have are not bad right Jonathan Gresham Samoa Joe FTR Mercedes Martinez those are all high quality yeah. champions yeah they just need yeah they need an hour on YouTube every week or something I and here's the thing when you do YouTube you could do two hours you could do two days that are an hour like you can yeah. like you yeah. can do whatever you want because right. it's just YouTube at that point and but I do think they need their own specific time to build Ring of yeah, Honor. Yeah, needs to be a Ring of Honor show. show yeah, instead of just being like. But as I mean, take out AEW Dark because no, no. This would be the perfect. This would this acquisition I think would have timed up perfectly if they were like, hey, by the way, we're going to be streaming on HBO. Yes. And it's like, oh, now and the Ring now of Honor is going to be every single week on Tuesday nights for. You know, on a, yeah, on HBO yeah, Max right. or whatever. Every, yeah. you know, and you're like, oh, that's awesome. Or like you tell me, hey, we're going to be on HBO starting in 2023. You film stuff. Right or whatever, yeah. get things in the can, whatever you needed to do. But yeah, it's gonna be interesting for sure. So this is gonna be really the first time we've seen a. I guess there's a little bit of story in, in some of these matches. Others, not really, not a ton. So it's yeah. kind of a. I also yeah, I also did feel like kind of like how New Japan does it. Ring of Honor was never the biggest because they didn't have they did it weekly yeah. TV, yes. but it was never the biggest. All right, we're gonna build three months for the storyline, right? It Unless was it was some of their big ones, like Final Battle. You built to Final yeah, you found yeah, right? but like most yeah. of their like cards were just mm-hmm. kind of like even their Death Before Dishonor cards were a lot, which just like yes. we're just gonna put Cody and Marty Scurll together right, and see right. what happens. Yeah. So that's what this feels like, mm-hmm. but. We open with um, just go least to worst, I guess. We'll, we'll do our best with it, yeah. In, in my opinion, yeah, I guess. Yeah. Uh, we'll start with uh, Wheeler Yuta taking on Daniel Garcia, Ring of Honor pure title match. Um, There's a chance to be really good. One. This, so, this one's uh, for people bang. who don't know. Daniel Garcia is the pro wrestling gorilla world champion right now. Yeah. So low key, just won Battle of Los Angeles, is the world champion. Just beat Bandito. Um, so I know they have. I'm surprised they honestly haven't acknowledged that. Quite frankly, I'm surprised they don't have a working relationship with PWG like Ring mm-hmm. of Honor used to. Um, but all that to say, this match should be a banger. It really yeah. should. The I, unfortunate the part about are a little annoying. But. Yeah, the unfortunate part about this match is this will probably be like the fourth best match on this card. Yeah, and you're like, crazy. wow. Yeah, there's a lot. <laughs> but how of, awesome we you ring, Yeah, in ring talent wise, this card should be really good. This mm-hmm. card should be really solid. Uh, next up, we Wait, got. What you got? By oh, uh, I'll have Wheeler Yuta retain. Say, I, I don't have any reason yeah. why he wouldn't retain unless yeah. he's going to start doing some stuff with like the Combat Club, right. like More, actively yeah. right now. But yeah, I'm going to say Garcia just to give the Jericho Appreciation Society Something. a title. Yeah. yeah, okay, that's fair. Um, women's World Title Match: Mercedes Martinez versus Serena Deeb. I see no reason that Mercedes yeah. Martinez loses this. I agree. That's yep. um, but Serena Deeb is also she she also lost the the AEW World Title match recently, so maybe yeah. they'll give her something. But Mercedes Martinez, she's, I think, I think she's slowly win. turning into I'm a good technical wrestler that can get other people over. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's yeah. one of those situations. Real fast too. Thoughts on uh, the tag title change randomly? 
Oh yeah, I was I was gonna bring that up when we got to the tag okay. title match. Yeah. It made me really sad because then my yeah. my whole our me whole too. spiel last week me just too. like kind of goes out the window and yeah. it's so dated now. Don't you hate that when we yeah. do that and then literally two days later everyone's like, "What are they talking about?" Like yeah. if anybody listened to our show on a Thursday, Thursday? everyone's like. What? Why are you even? Why are we talking about a possible title for title for title for title for title match between yeah. two teams? Because it's not going to happen anymore. I mean, theoretically, it still could happen. It's just not as fun if you don't have the AEW tag titles on your yeah. AEW show. Exactly. That's like if you, well, it's, it's like, like, we're, like why would I put all four my, sets of tag belts that I have against line against you for what reason? For what reason? Yeah. Or one and one. It's not like yeah. you're two and zero oh either. Yeah. It's I don't like have there's any no reason. Yeah. yeah so yeah, it was kind of. It, it made me a little sad because yeah. I was like. I, I had the idea that place for Keith Lee though. It, no, it's awesome for yeah. Keith Lee. Mm-hmm. It's it's awesome for both of them. I no, think Swerve both is awesome. great too. But like, I think Swerve has a personality to spin off into a single. I I don't see it with Keith Lee, but I think this this tag team I've actually really enjoyed. Yeah. as a tag team. Yeah, well, I was thinking I was like, at all out, you could do Bucks FTR, then you could have another tag match with Serving Your Glory versus like Lucha yeah. Bros. You get yeah. two banger tag I'm matches. I'm very interested to see where they go. With I don't the tag know teams because yeah. they're kind of hurting on tag. We talked about the depth. But all of a sudden, the depth isn't there anymore. Yeah. Jurassic Express, they're hurt, right? They're yeah. missing. Um, so, like, a lot of injuries just kind of ruined. Well, injuries the... where people aren't working as tag teams right mm-hmm. now, right? Like, you just have guys that are like, well, they're not really, you know. Like, we assume Andrade and Rusher are a tag team, but they've yet to work a tag match. Do you yeah. Know? You know what I mean? So, it's, it's weird. But, all right, let's keep going. Yeah. Um. Next up, we got Samojo taking on Jay Lethal. Oh, this yeah. just feels this like a Ring of Honor, Ring of Honor match. pure yeah, match like at its finest. Original guys, right here. Uh, World Television Title Match. Um, if Jay Lethal doesn't win, I'm gonna be upset. Loki. Okay, I have I have no opinion on this. This is yeah. like the one of the ones I'm just like I'll just watch it to watch it. This is the only one that's got a story behind it. Yeah. You know, with the with the injury and everything, I'm gonna say something here that's not gonna make a lot of people happy. I think Samoa Joe's in ring career is winding down drastically. Oh yeah, I have. When's the last time we have seen him work a year consistently without taking a six month? Like he sent, he hasn't worked because he's got. A, oh yeah, you know what I mean. Like he keeps getting hurt, and that's unfortunate. Like mm-hmm. I, I want to see more of him. I just don't think there's a ton more left. Unfortunately, yeah. um, we keep seeing him get hurt. He we're, he works a couple matches and then he's hurt again. He keeps he keeps winning titles and then losing them and then like getting hurt. You know. Yeah. Like we saw it with with NXT. He made that comeback just to then have to vacate it immediately and then he gets fired then he's gone for a year comes to AEW works 12 matches wins television title and we haven't seen him since the last pay-per-view he lost to Cole at so it's Mm -hmm. like it's a weird set of circumstances um and I think Jay Lethal is literally the greatest television champion ever Mm -hmm. for Ring of Honor so I'd be much I'd be much obliged if that happened yeah I'd be cool with Jay Lethal winning I mean I don't mind either one I think they're both yeah I think they're fine I just think Jay Lethal I think because of Joe's injury history now I think Lethal is somebody where you go man yeah if you gave me another 300 days with Jay Lethal as Ring of Honor television champion you're not going to see an unhappy boy over here. Mm. Just throwing that out there. Yeah. All right. So based off the idea that Rob told me to go from matches I'm least excited for yeah. to most excited for, yeah. we're going to go next up. We're going to go Ring of Honor World Title match because we're going to save the tag match yeah. last. Um, I think it should have made event. It definitely should have made event. Yeah. We got Jonathan Gresham with Tolly Blanchard taking on Claudio Castanoli. I want Claudio to win this match so bad. I think he would be awesome. So bad. I just think it's like like let's capitalize – Sometimes I feel like wrestling, we get to the point where we're like, well, it's too obvious to give the new hot guy the title. I go, sometimes we need to do that, though. Yeah. Like, let's do that. Yeah, let's- he's he's the guy for me that I love to see as a champion because yes. you, you know going into every single match. It's going to be awesome. It's just going to be a straight And banger. nothing about Gresham. Gresham is fantastic. Yeah. But if he's not signed to an AEW contract right now, like Claudio is, then I don't necessarily think that Claudio is somebody 
where he has a resume. Mm-hmm. He's a former tag champion, United States champion. He's done things in WWE, in Ring of Honor, everywhere he's been. This is the perfect guy to have as Ring of Honor world champion. The look is good. He's fresh, right? He hasn't been on TV in a hot minute. He's doing this whole thing with Blackpool where now you got, oh, man, Blackpool's got the Ring of Honor world title and the AEW title. Holy crap. Like, this is a whole Mm -hmm. stable and a half. Claudio is the perfect guy who can go back and forth, and then when he drops it, you go, okay, and it makes that guy a star. Gresham has no standing in AEW right now. Has none. He's never been on the biggest stages before. He hasn't been in WWE. This is the perfect time to get a massive star like that. And some it's all ties in. He's a former Ring of Honor guy. He never won the world title there. He's the longest reigning tag champion at one point there. It all fits. Mm-hmm. I, I think it would be a disservice here to not have Claudio win it. you yeah. got to take advantage of the momentum. Yeah, Claudio's awesome. I think he can win it. And then when you just line up the guys that he would go against, oh, it's just yeah. like just straight. Name any people. Anybody yeah. you want. And he's, gonna go, that's going to be a first yeah, game. I was going to say, he, he's the equivalent to me of when we were talking about Pac winning the yeah, Atlantic one. Absolutely. And it's like his first defense, I guess, is uh, Shoto, yeah. Shoto Mino. Yeah, I New just Japan. saw the match. It was on YouTube. Yeah. and But I was like, even a guy like that who you're like, you don't even think is that great, Pac yeah. will make it great. Yeah. Like, no matter what. That's yeah. what Claudio would do with just about everyone. And I think uh, it's a little more star power. Yeah. Right, it's like Claudio Castagnoli just won the Ring of Honor World Title. Oh, Cesaro won the World Title first. You know, yeah, WWE fans, that that's important. Yeah. You know, and I think, like I said, I think it's it fits so well, and I think we just need to capitalize on the momentum of him showing up in AEW. Where you go, all right, now we're he's a legit bona fide singles guy, mm-hmm. right? Like, boom, because then you can you can throw Jake Hager back down there, have another one of those. They just had a great match on Dynamite. You got all these guys. You just go send them down there. Send them down there. Yep. Send them down there. I'd be all for it. And then what should main event and might this should, this this, should. what I, I think I think you are reaching potentials of having match of the year qualities yes. with this match yep. is FTR Briscoe's mm-hmm. Ring of Honor World Tag Match best two out of three. Yeah, I think has potential to be match of the year. Right. If done. Yeah. If no one dies, basically Th- this, is all I'm saying. Yeah, this match could be legit like you got you have you like i think all like awesome matches of the years you've had one previous match that was kind of like all right here's our stepping stone Mm -hmm. match Mm -hmm. and then you just add the story and you add like a certain stipulation Mm -hmm. and it just raises it to another level yeah and i think this did like every it was like you had that first one that was really really good yeah ftr wins the titles now you have them kind of brawling, kind of feuding a whole bunch, talking shit to each other on Twitter all the time, which is kind of wild. Yep. And then they had that sit down last Tuesday, was it yeah, Tuesday, right. Wednesday, yep. or whatever it was. And they're like, well, and they're like, like we well, beat you, you can't once. Beat us twice. Yeah. Go, well, so if we beat you twice, then is that not a fluke yeah. type of deal? And you're yeah. like, oh, they just said two out of three. And you go, oh, man, we're going 45 minutes. Yeah, you're going 45 <laughs> minutes. You're going two out of three. And it's I think it's going to be straight, just awesome. This, this I can't would, imagine. The only match I think I'd be more excited for is if they did. Bucks yeah, FTR for all, the titles. Uh, for all the titles. And even then, I want, want two out of three 60-minute time limit or 90-minute time limit, and yeah. let's go. Yeah, um, yeah this match is going to be awesome. There's no – there's no, there, there, you can't go into this not thinking, oh, this is just going to be okay. There's no, there's no way. You mm-hmm. have the hottest act in the world right now with FTR against the literal symbol of Ring of Honor in every way, shape, and form in the Briscoes. This match is going to be awesome. If it doesn't go 45 minutes, I'm going to be upset. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to put that out there right Legitimately. now. Legitimately. And FTR should still win, by the way. Yeah, FTR 100% yeah, should still I, win. I think they should still win. I don't think they – I don't think – unless Tony has no plans on putting the AEW tag titles on them, there is no reason um, why they should lose a match 
until they win the AEW tags. Mm-hmm. None. Like, in my opinion, they're so hot right now. You have no reason. Like, I know – because he has control over what they're doing booking-wise in other places right now. So, like, AAA's kind of been like, hey, we'll keep him – you know, if you guys have a plan here to get somewhere, right, we yeah. can kind of – you know, I'm sure he's got something with New Japan where he's like, hey, we're not, I don't want to take the tag titles off him yet. They can't afford to lose a title yet. Yeah, I was going to say, I also don't think either of those, maybe AAA, maybe, yeah. but I don't think New Japan, New Japan's like, if we could have FTR a couple times, that's what I'm saying. I'm cool yeah, without yeah, yeah, keeping yeah. the titles doing on the them. They're the New Japan Strong thing, I think, right now, too. I think yeah, they're doing, they're, they're getting open weight tag champs or something over there. Oh, are they? Oh, yeah. okay. But, uh, but no, yeah. but I was like, when they do the tag league or whatever, mm-hmm. or, or mm-hmm. at Russell Kingdom, if yep. they're still champions, I'm like, if I was New Japan, I'd be like, if we could have just FTR on the show, that'd be great. I'll have FTR go over anybody right, you right, want. Just right. have them on the show. It's, yeah. it's all I want. Exactly. So, so all that to say, right, where it's like, okay, I, I, it has to end, in my opinion, with them winning the tag titles for AW. Like, I yes. feel like it, it has to end in that way, mm-hmm. right? In some way, shape, or form. I read online that they were talking about they have big plans for the Bucks and they may not be necessarily going. They wanted to. The whole point of the tag title change was to elevate Swerve and Keith Lee as well as Ricky Starks and Hobbs because their tag division from top tier tags have kind of fallen off. Santana Ortiz, they're pretty much done at this point. Mm-hmm. You're missing. You're missing some teams. So they had to kind of elevate some new guys, which is fine. But at some point, I'm like, man, all out. The place is gonna be rocking. I just don't understand how you don't go yeah. FTR there with the title. Oh, in any way, they just need to win the titles. Mm-hmm. They need the titles. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, give them all of them. Give them all of them. Every single one of them. WWE join in too. Give them those too. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Yeah. Have them. Have them with the match with you. So that's fine. Please, please. Yeah, imagine now. Not like about, not like five about, years. Talk about a. Tri- can we talk about just for a second a triple threat between the Bucks, FTR, and the Usos? <laughs> That's a main event. Can, can, at we, WrestleMania. can, can, we, have, can we have a four way at the Lucha Rose and then oh, we just yeah, had all four go. of the best yeah. tag teams in there? Have a gauntlet match where they just keep going, fighting over and over and over again. This has been four hours long. I am still not done. I am still okay <laughs> with this. Yeah, so I got FTR winning this match, yeah, though. I do too. Um, and I think it's going to be I think it's gonna be one of those situations where you just leave it where you go, yeah, that's, that's pretty much everything I hoped it would be, and then some. Which is a little bit unfortunate because, like, you're going in, I have really high expectations. So I don't want to be like, well, that was just okay. Yeah, but this uh, the, like FTR with the Bucks and with yeah. the Briscoes right now, mm-hmm. and with a couple other teams. There was like those certain guys with certain guys, like yeah. you know, like when Kenny was in New Japan yeah. and he was going against either Naito yeah. or Okada. Yeah, like you if he knew. walked in, you just, you just sat there and you're like, this is gonna be a five and a half star match. Right. Yeah. And Pretty you much. just kind of knew, like Will Ospreay and Shingo. Yeah. Like every time they enter in, you go, okay, this is probably yeah, gonna be a five star match. Juniors, Battle like, Super yeah, Juniors, yeah, yeah, yeah. their their New Japan strong stuff or whatever, the G one stuff. Mm-hmm. Like every time they go one on one, you're like, all right, this is gonna be. Like there are just so certain guys where every time they come in together, you're like, yeah. all right, they're gonna, this is gonna be a five star. I'm very and, excited. And so I think this is gonna be one of those where it's like you can have high expectations, but you're like, at the end of the day, it's like you know, it's good. I, I unless someone gets hurt. You, I wasn't good. planning on buying the show, but after they've kind of released some of the matches, I go, well, all right, well, you got twenty bucks out of me, I guess. I guess I'm watching it. Um, all right, real quick, I want to talk about this too. Um, so WWE, the announcement came out, not from them necessarily, but through you know other wishing sources. wells, yeah. um, that apparently, apparently, WWE Raw is going to be going to TV 14 um, relatively soon, and that's an interesting kind of uh, a, a thought, I guess. I didn't even I don't even know how to put it into words here. Um, it's one of those situations where 
you go in and you're like, what does this mean? Right. And now WWE's come out and they're like, apparently it's not a hundred percent. Um, it's, it's kind of one of those up in the air things when, you know, when it's going to happen. But the fact that they're talking about it and that USA is kind of like, all right, let's go kind of deal. I am fascinated by what this means because that their numbers have been better actually recently too, which is weird, which is why I'm surprised this is coming out now. This to me is a is a shift where you go. Maybe we can step up a little bit. We can step up the aggressiveness, the maybe the language a little bit, maybe the violence a little bit, and we can still kind of walk a line there. Mm-hmm. I am just fascinated by this decision and what it means mm-hmm. for programming going forward. Maybe they're like, listen, we've done all we can in this in this realm, so maybe we need to be able to do some a little more. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just fascinated by I, the decision making to go because you've never made more money. Yeah, you've I, never made more money. So I look at it as I think there was a they did so a lot of their audience yeah. is the the plus fifty five. That's where a lot of their audience comes from, yeah. and they also. But I think you see a mass majority of people who yeah. are like twenty, like mid twenties probably yeah. are like some of their biggest audience outside of like the very old people who watch because yeah, you, you watch you, it who yeah, are you've 80. Got, you've got the yeah you've got the guys that are the forty and overs and then you've got the kids group right and then you you're missing the eighteen to thirty six is the, generally the, leaning generally, towards AEW. Yes, I think because they've been PG for so long now. Yeah. I think now I think they're hoping that they're like okay. All these kids that were watching in yeah. 2009, 2010, and who are and now have grown up with it, right. we can now start going into a different direction and make it more towards yeah. what they like. Right. Like people like me who are like, okay, when I was eight years old watching the PG era, right. yeah, it was fun. But then you go back and watch the Attitude Era stuff, you're like, man, as a kid, that would have been really cool to see too. Mm-hmm. Like watching every week and be like, wow, Stone Cold just like brought in a beer truck, right. like right. all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So then it's like maybe since our audience is now more trying to get more towards the 18 to 39 range, yeah. now it's like, okay, now maybe we can get right. that going again yeah. to, to we're keep, keep that audience, yeah. to maintain yeah. that audience. Yeah. And then and then when they have kids, it's like, okay, like they'd be more okay. I think it also helps doing with it. character development too, right? I think oh, it yeah. helps, with, that helps with, with just being able to be like, hey, maybe let's show a little bit edgier side to things, right? Why it, you know, it's it seemed very much right now where I do think they're a little bit constricted in, mm-hmm. in some of the things that they can do, right? I, I I'm excited for it, quite frankly. I think I it's something cool. where I think you could easily freshen up the product by doing just little things differently, right? You know, having a little bit more aggressive matches, right? Maybe every once in a while we have an Extreme Rules match that doesn't require, you know, just a random, you know, thing, right? I mean, we get a little more, you know, physicality here. Mm-hmm. We bring in some guys that can commit, you know, and that coming along with the news that, you know, they're still, they're actively looking again at independent wrestlers again, not just the NIL guys, right, that they're signing, you know, to these future deals where it's like, okay, you can start to see a little bit of a shift here where you go, okay, maybe we can we can replenish, you know, the cabinet a little bit and at the same time freshen up the programming as we go into, you know, SummerSlam and the Mania, obviously. I think it's I think it's positive all the way around. Mm-hmm. Especially because they're thinking about keeping SmackDown a PG show, where you go, Okay, listen, Fox wants to keep it like this, they're paying us eighty gajillion dollars, right? Mm-hmm. You have Raw, because it's a little more edgy, it's a longer show. You get a little bit of both now. Yeah, and I also th- I also do think it's one of those things where you, you I, having one show B 
be like just have a vast difference in the yeah, shows. Yeah, exactly. Where, make it feel like their own thing. Yeah. Yes. Yes. You have separate it, rosters. It, you have separate rosters. So make make SmackDown your yep. PG show. Right. And uh, like we've always talked about how SmackDown was always a show we would watch growing up yes. because it was on you know it's yeah. Friday nights or whatever. Mm-hmm. So that would be so keeping that on Friday, having the PG show doing yep. their thing, mm-hmm. but then on Raw on Monday nights yep. where you have more of the yep. eighteen to forty nine yep. watching Monday Night Raw yep. generally every week to week then that's the show where you go okay now this is gonna be our edgier show because yep. kids are gonna be in bed by nine o'clock exactly. and so for those last two hours it's right. like okay now we, we can watch smackdown go. on friday because a we were at home by eight o'clock usually in elementary middle school and then from eight to ten you could stay up a little bit later yeah watch the full show and yeah. then on raw you could see i could see the first hour but mm-hmm. then i can't see anything else so i can go to bed so yeah. it's like this is where we can ramp it up smackdown it's still the same i mean because smackdown's fine they're doing good numbers anyway so yeah. it's like you don't have to change much there and just keep going. I, I'm just I'm fascinated by mm-hmm. it. I think the three hours is going to help the edginess as well because when you start to see, as soon as you see this start to implement, I'm going to be like keenly watching to be like, all right, where you know what I mean? Like, oh, that's different, right? Because yeah. I think you're going to be able to tell pretty quickly, you know. Yeah. Something. The First time somebody bleeds on air again, at, yeah, on wild. purpose. Yeah. It's going to be a big deal. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a real big deal. All right, let's shift focus here a little bit. I got a question for Mike Merkel. We talked about it off air. I need, because he is the resident quarterback of the group, if we were talking guards, I could, I could probably, probably chime in a little bit here. Could you, though? <laughs> um, let's talk about quarterbacks here before we end the show. Mike, you know, there's a lot of talk. There's a lot of movement. And as we're approaching training camp here in the next couple weeks, you know, the, it's been rampant, right? The ASPN came out with their quarterback rankings. We're going to wait on that for a minute. But I do want to ask you this. With that quarterback rankings, you know, there was a lot of talk about this guy, this guy, this guy. I want to talk about, though, something we always like to go back to, and that's the pressure situations, right? What, Which quarterbacks, in your opinion, going into this season are under the most pressure to win, right? To win, to have good seasons, um, and to put themselves, you know, either secure their spot on their own team, prove that they're one of the best, whatever the context is in your mind. But mm-hmm. There are certain quarterbacks that are clearly going in with high expectations. We talked at nauseum last year about Matthew Stafford being the number one guy that's under the most pressure. News to a new team, you have to prove that it wasn't it wasn't you, it was the Lions, and all this other stuff goes out, wins the Super Bowl. This year, more movement than ever. Give me your thoughts. Give me your top five guys that you like. These are the guys that you're going to be watching because the spotlight <laughs> is on them probably more than anybody this year. Yeah. Um, okay, so uh, my list for a variety of reasons. Yes. Yeah. So it's my under duress list. <laughs> um, so okay, so guys who just missed the cut. Because okay. as we as you were doing your opening monologue, yep. I was making a list of people. Yeah. Because I don't do it beforehand. I do it as we as that's, we're talking. Because that's, that's how we do it. That's how we do it. Yeah. So yeah. my my five that I did not add to the list. Okay. Trey Lance. Okay. Dak Prescott. Okay. Aaron Rodgers. Interesting. Tua Tungavailoa. Wow. And Patrick Mahomes. Thought for sure Tua would be on this list. Those, for the, sure Tua those were the five on. other people outside okay. of my top five. Okay. Where I listed and there I was go. like, there's I could still there's there's yeah. there's question marks, but I don't think there's enough question marks. Okay. Um, Mahomes because he's a Super Bowl champion. Yeah. So he's whatever. But it's the what do you do now without Tyreek? Yeah, but I don't think that's not a big enough question for me because yeah. I think he'll still yeah. be fine. Yeah. Rogers is a back to back MVP or back to back MVP. He has play off concerns what does but he's look a, like without he, Devontae Adams? yeah, yeah I but think I, next year if, if he if they come out and they go uh, you know 11 and 6 mm-hmm. and they're like you know a 3 seed and you go 
and then yeah. lose again in the first round, then all of a sudden, then, a then he shoots up. Red flags yes. are out there. Yeah. Uh, Tua, he gets a lot of weapons, so it's kind of a prove it year. Yeah, right. That this is a. I do think I'm surprised you don't have Tua because of that. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Trey Lance because he presumably is going to be the starter week one unless they don't on trade Grimm. Super Bowl ready team. On a Super Bowl ready team. Yep. And he was drafted number three overall, so. Yep. You should be. Are you going to be ready? Who yep. knows? Yep. And then Dak Prescott because they're on the Cowboys. Yep. Pretty much, and you're getting paid. You know, you're one of the yeah. highest paid guys in the league, and you've yet to show that playoff. You know. Yeah. But I didn't, yeah. So I, I took those five, but those yeah. five guys did not make the list because I don't think they they all have like one reason. Where you could be like maybe we maybe I could put them on the list, but I don't think it's okay, big enough reason. Fair enough. So my number five quarterback, yep. um, is not nearly as good as all these other quarterbacks that are on this list. Doesn't have but to be, I think, the, the, but this I think he's have to be a Super Bowl list. We're like, well, yes. they have to win a Super Bowl. It's just what quarterbacks in yes. their certain situations are have to play well this yeah. year. Number five, Carson Wentz. Absolutely. I and don't I completely he, agree. yeah, he was good in Philly for like three years. Mm-hmm. And then he kept getting hurt. Goes the goes to the Colts. Everyone goes, all right, here we go. Yep. Week eighteen has a chance yeah, to yeah, get to the playoffs and loses to the two win Jacksonville Jaguars, yep. which was insane With to the watch. Highest scoring defense in the league. In the league. <laughs> and, and now the, and yeah. So then they trade him for like a ham sandwich to yep. the Washington Redskins Pretty or much. Washington Commanders at this yep. point. And so now I feel like he's in the prove it because everyone's like, is he that kind of guy? Mm-hmm. Is he not that kind of guy? Mm-hmm. There's a point where if he doesn't play well, play well, Tyler Heineke could maybe come in and over Heineke's him. And Heineke's already got traded. There. Yeah, exactly. Like, what the hell? Yep. I love Heineke got asked. He was like, so like, what are your chances of starting over him? And he goes, well, I get paid like a million dollars. He gets paid like $28 million. Yeah. So probably he's going to start because he's yeah. not going to back me up. Yeah. So that was like his like quote. And I was like, that's awesome. But yeah, it. that's also very true. Um, so Carson Wentz will be a starter. He's got to prove himself this year. So Carson Wentz is five. Yes, absolutely. This is a this is a make or break year for him. If they if they make the playoffs, I think you go, okay, maybe maybe he's gotten back to some old form. Like, because he was at one point in MVP conversations before yes. he got all the injuries happened. So I think it's there. But We've heard now off the field issues with him from teammates where like he's just kind of an a hole, mm-hmm. like he's just not, he's just a weird dude. Um, and this is a time where you look at this Washington team, good receivers, decent running back. We've already talked about this, that we've already talked about this team in our archives, and the defensive line alone should get you a couple wins. Yeah. So, this is a this is a big year for him. Number four, Justin Herbert. Absolutely, Justin Herbert, yep. is one of the top. Six quarterbacks probably in football right now. Yep. Uh, first that. two years, he has the most passing yards yep. and passing touchdowns from any rookie in their first two years or yep. whatever you want to say about it. Mm-hmm. Um, he has awesome receivers, really good running back, um, and defense a defense that is just insanely good, adding Cleo Mack and J.C. Jackson to it. So they're in a tough division, but I do think that this is the year that you at least have to make a playoff Run. Birth. Yeah, yeah. You got to make the playoffs for that. If they don't make the playoffs, yeah, then then, then you're then you're in the hot spot. You know, the problem is, is that he's, he's then he's encro- he's encroaching Stafford territory. Yes, where he it's is. like he's got all the numbers in the world, and it, you know it's not him, mm-hmm. but it's like, but you're not getting you're, you're not over the doing hump. it exactly. Yes. Yep. So he has to make the playoffs, and probably because you're either you win the division or you're like the five seed, yep. probably should win a playoff game also. Yeah. Uh, I'm not I, ex- I'm, now, Yeah, I'm going to hold off on that until I see the bracket. Because I can't yes. be like, all right, well, you're playing the 14. Because like, if you're a three seed, but you're playing like 
Kansas City as a six seed or something crazy. Yeah, I'm like, that's a tough win anyway. Even though, even though you're at home at that point. But, like, if they're the five, right? And you're playing the Colts yeah. as a four, yeah. I'm not just going and going, oh, yeah, you're just going to walk through that team. Yeah, like, right. that's a tough matchup still, mm-hmm. too. So, it depends on the bracket and everything. But I do think playoffs that they should. Playoffs for sure. But I do, I do think you have to make the playoffs. And you probably should win a playoff game with your team. Um I mean, but I'm not. I'm not saying he's got Super Bowl potential or anything. I think but, this is it. But the roster. But the roster should be Super does. Bowl contender. Yeah. So that's gonna be interesting. I absolutely agree, though. Yeah. Okay. Number Here's three. Th- number three. Kyler Murray. Yeah. Uh, we watched what he did last year. Yeah. Awful in the second half of the year. Atrocious <laughs> in the first playoff game. <laughs> Literally, awful. Your face was so good. I love it. Um. <laughs> that was great. So he just that needs. So um. The division <laughs> got slightly easier. Yeah. Seah- Seahawks are awful. Yes. And the 49ers are yeah. a rookie quarterback in there. So you should be – And the NFC is not very good. You should – I mean, you're almost guaranteed to make the playoffs in the NFC yes. with how good you are as a team. Yes. But you are not in the realm with the Packers and the Rams and the Bucks at this point. Nope. At and least, you want to be paid like Rodgers and Stafford is. And you have to sh- – and he's probably going to get those numbers. But the problem is it's like you have to then do it all year round right like that's the problem is that you're gonna go in here and be like oh here we go and is that the right you know what i mean the motif that you're looking for yeah yeah um yeah so he's number three um only two people higher number two lamar jackson now lamar jackson's on this list solely because the last three years he's been one of the best quarterbacks in football and he has one playoff win in that. I had to <laughs> yeah. make sure I had to like calculate yeah. that in my head. I, know. He was, I, I didn't think about it. He was, he was yeah. the MVP, was the number one seed, and lost to the six seed Tennessee Titans yep. last year or two years ago. Yep. He was. He beat Buffalo. They I beat. Think, right? uh, it wasn't Buffalo. It was Tennessee. Tennessee. They beat Tennessee and then lost to Buffalo oh, okay. in the divisional was. round. Right, right, and then right. last year he got hurt and then yep. was not there. So this year I think he needs to have a playoff run. I do think like this team is good enough to make the playoffs. Yep. They should have a playoff run. Yep. Probably should be a I would say AFC Championship probably is where you probably. should probably be I around. Mean, I'm not yeah. I'm not going to say you're better than the Bills by any means, right. and I think you're probably on par where like the Chiefs are at this point. Right. So if you get matched up with the Chiefs or Bills in the second round, yeah. I That's tough, gonna, yeah. but I do think you should at least okay, at least divisional round. Yeah. Probably AFC Championship is probably yeah. where you should I, be. I, I, and I if you're not there I don't think that's that hard of an ask, quite frankly. Look, you want an MVP, right? You've got all the all the accolades you want, but if you don't have that long term success, it's it's it goes back to like the Brett Favre and the Aaron Rodgers situation. It's like a great you've got everything you want, but you don't have the the success at the end of the day that you're expecting. It goes, Okay, that's great. That's why Brett Favre is not on the same caliber as Joe Montana. Mm-hmm. Joe Montana's numbers are not holy crap. Yeah. He's got four rings, he's got four MVPs. That's yeah. that's what happens. Yes. So yeah, I'm 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 totally in lockstep with you. Yeah. And number one, solely based off what happened the last two years, it's just unfortunate pressure that's put on in the situation. Yep. Russell Wilson's number one. Yep. He gets traded to a very good Denver Broncos team. Yep. The last two years, guys left the team, went to another team, and won a Super Bowl. So yep. everyone's just going to look at Russell Wilson and go, yep. oh, two other guys did it. Yep. Shouldn't you be able to do it too? Um, exactly. I think it's slightly unfair because I don't think Denver is nearly as good as the Rams or Bucks were when no. he got traded there. No. And Denver's in a Herculeally strong division <laughs> where I, I don't think to break that conference where conference. like Tampa was not enough. They had the Saints to deal with. Yes. And I think the Rams had a really good division. Um, yeah, but they're, were, the, but they're, they're yeah, also yeah. by far the best team in that division last year. Generational talent on defense. That yes. Helps, so I don't think Russell Wilson has that kind of stuff going for so him. Let me ask you this but, on Russ because I do think it's important. 
the narrative on Ross has kind of shifted a little bit, and it hasn't here on this show. I think because I, I think we, I think we, me and you tend to look at quarterbacks relatively the same in a lot of aspects. Um, I, what is what for you would con- condone this being a success for him in year one? Because I don't think that I, I, I think it'd be foolish for Denver Bronco fans to go into the season and think you're going to win the Super Bowl this year. Yeah, I think I think, I think, I think it's, it's crazy because ass. because you have a first year head coach, first time head coach in the NFL. New system for Russ, right? You have a lot of guys that you think are going to be really good on potential. Like, you think Jerry Judy is going to be awesome, Mm -hmm. but he hasn't been all that spectacular just yet. Right now, with Russ in there, that's a different story. But the point is that you haven't seen it yet. So all that to say, if Russ gets you to the playoffs and you lose in Kansas City, is that a failure? Or is that considered a success because you're like, hey, listen, we, we've got some things we can build on year two. Man, we can really ramp it up now yeah. and see what's going on. Yeah, that's that's the interesting part. Is you know I, I, mean? I don't think it's necessarily a failure if yeah. you – like the same thing with the Chargers to me is we yeah. you I think it's one of those like you have to look at the brackets because I think yeah. if you're a six seed and you just get matched up with Baltimore mm-hmm. or the Bills or yeah, something and you go, oh, and you go man. this seems just – just better than you. Like right. it's kind of hard for me to say. Okay, well that's that's tough. Yeah. You know what I mean? I do but, think it's going to depend a little bit on how he plays. Like what if for you from us? I think I th- yeah. yeah. I think from statistically, I yeah. think it's one of those things where if you get matched up with the Bills, you throw four touchdowns. You do the exact same thing Josh Allen did against the Chiefs, and then you lose. Yeah. You go. Well, what do you do? What do right. you do? Yeah, you but do, I do think that if yeah. you throw three interceptions, no touchdowns, and a hundred yards, and it's your fault that you lose, yeah. then and that's completely different. Play. So I do, I do, I do think there's a lot of that in there too. We, where I do think you need to make the playoffs because okay. I think your team's good enough to do that, and you've shown in Seattle that you can carry a bad, bad team, team there. Yeah. I think this or seems an better. Incomplete team. An incomplete. Yeah. I think this seems a little more complete than that team. Yes. Um. So you should make the playoffs. And then I think once you get to the playoffs, kind of like the Chargers, I think it depends on who you get matched up with and your performance Mm -hmm. before we can say, okay, if that was a failure or not. I don't think it's fair to say preseason with the Broncos. Like, uh, if you if you don't make the Super Bowl, it's a bust. Because I don't think it's fair for that specific team team to to be like, oh, well, they were Super Bowl champions three years ago. Like, no, like this is not like yeah, like the the tough thing for the Rams. Was yeah. it was like Jared Goff got you there three years ago, right? So it's like how right. like with relatively the same team, maybe even upgraded pieces at I that mean, point. I, like who knows? But like you know, Todd Gurley was really good. They got yeah. Cam no, Akers. Yeah, like, I think the the first year. But anyway, yeah. I'm with you. Yep. But but like you were a Super Bowl team, so yes. now you're adding a piece there. Broncos are like we were like the four seed. Yeah. Two like a couple years, we've never beaten the Chiefs. We haven't beaten Mahomes. Yeah. Ever. Ever. Right. And now you're all, so all three years were all in six. Yeah, so you're at least ex- now you're just expecting the Broncos to go win a Super Bowl. Now, yeah. I just think it's kind of insane. Yeah, but I do think like playoffs and playing well in the I playoffs think is important. Next year is a year where you look at it and you go, I think the Denver's just going to go shopping in free agency with whatever money they have. And yeah, okay, where, where are our holes? Okay, we need a corner. Let's go sign the best corner. We need a safety. We need, you know what I mean? Whatever it is, that's why I think where you're going to see the big the big step up there. I think I still think Russ needs to play well. I want thirty plus touchdown passes this year. Yeah. Um, which I think is very doable for a guy like him. With right? the team he has, too. Jerry yeah. Judy and I Gordon think the receivers and are, I think you're going to see the receivers all of a sudden be like, man, they got some pretty good receivers. Because we and you have been talking about this for a couple years now mm-hmm. since they got drafted. I like K.J. Hamler. I like Jerry Judy. I like uh, – was it? what's the other guy they got on that team, too? They have a third guy that they signed. Judy. No, no. It's Judy, Hamler, who else? They have a third Cor- guy. Sutton. Sutton, thank you. Yeah. Yes. Like all three of those guys. Yeah. So, like, I would be – I would be remiss to be like they don't have weapons. They have weapons. It's mm-hmm. just let's let's pull that potential out of them now yes. with a quarterback who can get it done. All right, let's shift focus here a little bit. NFC South division. 
We saved it to the end. This one's probably a pretty much a wrap for the most part, based on my rough <laughs> estimation here. Um, yeah. I mean, we can start. I have again. Okay, so yeah. So I have preconceived notions on how I think yeah, I of all these of all I these teams. Um, I think there's one position in particular that, that Tampa's not going to win. Okay. Uh, right. But that's it. Okay. Um, I think. Okay. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> okay, so we'll start. I have. We'll a, start quarterback. Then yeah, I have. Happen. I have these teams in some kind of alphabetical order. I think okay. so. We're just going to go with it. All right. See so what happens. Quarterback. So quarterback. So we have Atlanta Falcon. We're going to get your boy. Uh, Marcus Mariota, Desmond Ritter is their rookie backup. Yeah. So, yeah, whatever you feel about that. Yeah, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, we, we so we didn't talk about this one. So, Carolina Panthers <laughs> traded yeah, traded for uh, Baker, Baker Mayfield. Mayfield for literally – now, we talk about ham sandwiches a lot on this show. <laughs> yeah, this was the closest thing to a ham sandwich you could have traded this guy yeah. for. All Cleveland wanted was like, can we just split the salary? And Carolina's like, okay. Okay. <laughs> So, Carolina Panthers have Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, Matt Corral, P.J. Walker. I mean, their their depth in their quarterback room is there. Yeah, there's not much drop-off from the starter to the fourth string. Yikes. Um, Cam Newton's going to make an appearance, I'm sure, week six. Saints got Jameis Winston, Andy Dalton, Ian Book. Andy Dalton's with the Saints now? Yeah. Yikes. And then the Buccaneers got Brady and Blaine Gabbert and Kyle Trask. We'll so, go three deep for all of them because I went three deep for all of them for all the other ones terrible. to try to say it was good. Oh, God. All right, so Brady. Brady's one. clear one. I think Jameis Winston I think, I think is two. two. I think he is two. And then do we like I, – all right, I'll give, I'll give Baker the benefit of the doubt because yes. he won the playoff game against the Steelers yep. and he showed some good time. Yep. I'll say Baker's three, Marcus Mariota's four. Yeah, Marcus Mariota has shown that he cannot play and be a starter in this league. Yes. I think he's – I think he is like one of the, like the best. Like if the Lions were to sign him as a backup to like say golf doesn't work out, they sign Mariota and they draft a guy. I'd be like, that's not a bad quarterback group. I yes. think Mariota is a guy who can win you a couple games in a pinch, mm-hmm. but not. Oh, I'm gonna go eleven and six. Yeah, that's not a thing. Yeah. All right, so that's our quarterback room, running back room. We have Falcons. We got Cordell Patterson. Um, sure. Damian Williams from Chicago. Sure. Cordell probably Patterson's the only one that's really important. It's gonna be so bad. Um, Panthers, Christian McCaffrey, Chuba Hubbard, uh, Deontay, For- Chuba Hubbard. Deontay Foreman. Oh, really? Yep. Good for him. Uh, Saints, obviously, Alvin Kamara, yeah. Mark Ingram, He's Dwayne back? Washington. All right. That's what it says on the shirt. Wow. So. Um, but yeah, so he's back there. And then Tampa Bay, Leonard Fournette, Rashad White. Keyshawn Vaughn, Giamari Bernard. Sure. 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 All right. What do you got? So I have Carolina, I think, pretty easily at one. Yeah, Chuba McCaffrey, Hubbard and yeah. McCaffrey. McCaffrey alone. McCaffrey as a starter yeah. does it for me. But having Chuba Hubbard also yeah. is just a nuts key. thing. Yep. Um, I have Saints 2 with Alva Kamara. Yeah. And then I, I didn't even know they had Mark Ingram. I so having Mark either. Ingram just adds a lot to that. Alva Kamara is a very um, good guy. 3 and 4 are kind of. I'm going to give Fournette the nod here. You're going to give Fournette the nod? Yeah. I really like what Cordell Patterson does, yeah. but I'm fine with giving him I think overall, too, I think the running back room is better. I do think, yeah. I think when you add um, Keyshawn Vaughn and Gennari Bernard, I think that's yeah. a little better than just Missing having. Missing Ronald Jones hurts them quite a bit um, from Tampa. He left, obviously, so that sucks. Um, but, yeah, no. The problem that I the, – the issue is is that is durability for this whole class of yes. guys. Cordell Patterson, injury prone. Uh, McCaffrey hasn't played a full season in two years. Um What's the other guy? Cal Kamara. He gets hurt a lot, right? So, like, a lot of these guys get banged up quite a bit. Fournette had injury history early on in his career as well. So, 
all guys that are banged up relatively easily. Mm-hmm. But McCaffrey on any given day, if like, okay, he's 100% healthy, McCaffrey is clearly the best running back. Yes, by far. Yeah. All right, uh, we go wide receivers next. This will be fun. So, uh, Atlanta Falcons, we got Brywin Edwards from Las Vegas. Sure. Drake London and Olamad. Sure. Zet. Sage Sharats on that team. <laughs> Sage Sharats. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, Sage Sharats. Yeah, okay. I was like, I was like, I cannot pronounce his name from my. He, they also have Auden Tate from Cincinnati. Oh. They got him as before. Um, Carolina, DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, Terrence Marshall Jr., yeah. Shaud Higgins sure. from Cleveland. Sure. Uh, New Orleans Saints, Michael Thomas, Chris Olave, Jarvis Landry, Marcus Callaway as a fourth. Traquan Smith is also there. That's pretty good. That's another name I knew, so pretty we'll good. add that. Yeah. And then uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Russell Gage, Tyler Johnson's a four. Mm, sure. Uh, Scotty Miller is pretty good, too. Scotty Miller I would put in there, yeah. Um, okay. closer than I thought. Low yes. Key. All right, so I would, again, unfortunately, Falcons is yeah, four. four. Yeah. That's a pretty easy I'm four. sorry, but I don't even think they got the best. They took the first receiver, or they took the second one. Garrett Wilson went higher, but, like, they, they traded up, or they were really high on Drake London. I don't even think Drake London was even the second best receiver in the class. Yeah. So. Um, this one's tough. I would put New Orleans one. Maybe. That's the thing. I'm torn between New Orleans and Tampa. Yeah, at one because I look at the problem is Michael Thomas hasn't played in two years. Yeah, so it's like how much how, what a man. But I love Olave. I've been very obvious about I that. I like Jarvis Landry, and I like Jarvis Landry as that slot intermediate guy. And I do like the de- like with Marcus Galloway yeah. and Trayvon Smith. I like the depth they have. Yep. I also like the starting three for Carolina. They don't have anything after the yeah. three, yep. but the DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, Terrence Marshall, I yeah. think are all really good. Yeah. Um, but I will put. New Orleans one, Tampa two, Carolina three. Yeah, but I think they're all a, really a lot closer. And then Atlanta's a far. Here's four. why I have Tampa above Carolina right now, though, is because Mike Evans has proven to be one of the best receivers yes. and without Brady, mm-hmm. and that's important, right? Mm-hmm. Is to be able to should be like, dude, I had, I had name a guy, I, I Jameis throwing to me. I do, I do. I will say though, yeah. Sam Darnold did not play good last year, and DJ Moore was still really good. Yes, he was. So with yes. Baker being there, Baker's better. I think Baker could add to that yeah. a little bit too. Yeah. Um, I think the problem also is what we always talk about is like Carolina doesn't have that quarterback, right? And so Tampa does, everything. so it kind of helps a lot. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I have Saints one, Tampa two, Carolina three, and Atlanta a far four. Yeah, I think all three you can make the argument depending on who's throwing to them and on what day. They're mm-hmm. all really, really good. Yeah. All right, Mike Ty- Evans is the best receiver I think out of that entire group. Yes. Yeah. Yes, I would agree with that. Um. All right. Tight end room here. So Atlanta, I think this is the one Atlanta yeah, that's, went that's, by that's, a long shot. This is the one. Uh, Atlanta, Atlanta has Kyle Pitts. Yep. Uh, Carolina has Ian Thomas and Tommy Tremble. New Tommy Orleans. Tremble. New Orleans Saints have Adam Trutman and Taysom Hill. Sure. And Tampa Bay has Cameron Bright and Cade Otten and Coke. A lot of people they drafted this yeah, last draft. It's crazy. There's a lot of greens on this list. So yeah. it's a lot of people they drafted. So this one's the easiest. Uh, Atlanta's one. Yep. Not even close. Uh, yep. Kyle Pitts is awesome. Yep. Um, I would put. <sighs> you can tell me pretty much everybody else and I'll go okay. Yeah. Carolina two. Sure. Tampa three, Saints four, because sure. I like Cameron Bate a little more than those guys. But I think this is the one like opposite where I thought Atlanta was so far below in the wide receiver. Yeah. Atlanta is so far yeah. above, and then the other three are kind of just like two, two A, two B, two C, like, yeah. whatever. It's all really You're close. Really but Kyle Pitts just be like Kyle Pitts, Drake London, everybody, Any, anybody, okay uh, uh, yeah. Uncle yeah. Mark Spiro, <laughs> can you get the ball to these two guys, please? Yeah. yeah. Uh, if you're a fantasy guy. 
get Drake London or get Kyle Pitts. Yes. They're going to be the only target. Those are my first two picks. <laughs> yeah, Rob's in the league this yeah, year. My, so. Yeah, Mike just drops a bombshell on us, everybody. Uh, we're, we're leaving the, the studio last week, and Mike's just like, oh, by the way, you're, you're in fantasy football this year. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool, thanks. Yeah. So. Hey, you have a month and a half before he drafts, so we got we got plenty of time. Best player available, baby. Yeah, nineteen quarterbacks. All right, offensive lines from left tackle to right tackle. Yeah, boy. Uh, Atlanta Falcons. We got Jake Matthews, Jalen Mayfield, Matt Hennessy, Chris Lindstrom, and Kayla McGarry. Sure, I knew two of those names. Yeah. Carolina Panthers. Um, left tackle Eko McWaku, the yep. first round pick yep. from last year. Um, let's see, Brady Christensen. Bradley Bozeman, Austin Corbett, Taylor Moten. That's not bad. Who's actually? That's actually not yeah, too not bad. bad. I thought that's yeah. gonna be a little worse. Um, uh, New Orleans Saints. We got Trevor Penning, Andrus Pete, Eric McCoy, Caesar Ruiz, Ryan Ramchick. 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 Yeah. Missing Armstead because they couldn't afford Armstead, so he's in Miami now. So that's yes. a really good offensive line, though. Yeah, a lot of first round picks in that. Yeah, they we they got one, two, three, four first round picks. Eric McCoy was a second round pick. Yeah, right. Um and then Tampa Bay Buccaneers we got Donovan Smith, Aaron Stinney, Ryan Jensen, Shaq Mason, Tristan Wirfs. Also very good offensive. Which line. is These very good. Really good. These are all actually okay. So Atlanta is four, is four yeah. but their left side I think is pretty yeah, good. I think yeah. With Jake Matthews yeah. and Jalen Mayfield, mm-hmm. I think that left side is pretty good. Um, Carolina's three, but also. I would say it's actually above, uh, probably average. Actually, yeah. it's probably an average offensive yep. line. Now I'm thinking all their offensive line. It's probably average, yeah. but it's still pretty good. I would, put the, I would put the Tampa Bay at two, two, and, and the Saints, Saints at one. one. Saints, uh, the Saints' offensive line is great. Yes, it, it really is. It's a really good. It's so well, and it's it's half the that draft they had where they got Kamara, Ramchek, Lattimore mm-hmm. in the same draft. Yeah, those are five. Those are three top ten guys at their position in yeah. one draft. That's mm-hmm. insane to me. It's the ben, It's the hard part about hitting on your zombie draft picks is then you have to pay them all and then you can't you know, then you can't pay them all yeah but but yeah all right so we have finished the offenses how would you rank these offenses well tampa's got the best offense that's tampa I mean, does it, have the I best think it's offense tampa one i think it's saints, uh, saints two. two i think it's basically how the division is going to wind up shaking out carolina <laughs> three atlanta four yes i would agree with that atlanta's got a lot of potential on certain guys but man oh man they like their offensive line jake matthews is old you know what I mean? So it's like you're yeah. going to need to draft another tackle, and you don't have a quarterback yet. Yeah. All right, so now we head to the defensive side of the ball where yep. this gets a lot of fun. Sure. Does it? <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, defensive line, strictly defensive line, yep. no linebackers involved, Yep. Uh, according to how this list gives it to me. Yep. All right, uh, Atlanta Falcons, defense end. We got Taquan Graham, Eddie Goldman, Grady Jarrett. Grady Jarrett, I like. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, Eddie Goldman still in the league. Good for him. Yeah. Carolina Panthers. Brian Burns. Ooh, yeah. Derek Brown. Nice. Matt Iadonis. Yep. Eater yep. Gross Macros. That's a really good deep. Iadonis was like the odd man out in Washington. Mm-hmm. Very good player. Yes. New Orleans Saints. Cameron Jordan. David Anyamata. Shai Toto. Marcus Davenport. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Tampa Bay Bucks. William Goldston. Vita Vea. Akeem Hips. Akeem, Akeem Hicks. Yep, former that's bear. it. That's former it. Because they run three four. Okay. Oh, um, they have JPP as lined as JPP is outside linebacker. Gotcha. Okay. Yes. Um, so, so if you're gonna rank so, these, uh, Carolina's, Carolina's one. Carolina is definitely one. Carolina has a lot of. Brian pieces. Burns alone is a freak of nature. He was a guy that I missed hard on. I did not think he. I thought he was gonna be too skinny to play at this level, and he has turned into a monster. Yeah. Um, um, when you go, okay, yeah, I would go Tampa two. Yes, I would as well. 
I would go Atlanta three with just defensive line. I think I'm actually I would take New Orleans three because I like the like Davenport is still meh, but like Cameron Jordan's got really the, good. He's got the proven at this point. Yeah. You know? So, but I I because I, I, like, I don't really I, like Grady I, was gonna, I like Grady Jarrett and I like Eddie Goldman. So, yeah, but. They're just fine. They're either all... way, I, I don't think either one's like blowing you away. No, I think they're either. I think they're a close three four, but yeah. either one. Yeah, but yeah, Carolina's one and Tampa two is like pretty. Carolina, I didn't know they had to eat honestly. That's a really good defensive line. Yep. Um, Malcolm Brown's been mad, but right. the other two guys. Are yeah, really linebacking crew for all these. So we're going outside, inside linebackers. Okay. Um, Atlanta Falcons. They got um, Lorenzo Carter from the Giants. Yep. Deion Jones, Rasheen Evans. Arnold Ipiketti drafted him in the second round this past year. Okay. Carolina Panthers have Shaq Thompson, Damian Wilson, Frank Luvu. Frankie Luvu from the Jets. Uh, New Orleans Saints. They got Pete Warner, Demario Davis. (laughs) Just the two. And the um, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Joy Tyrone Shoyinka. So Joe Tyron, right? Joe Tyron, yeah, yeah from Houston. Uh, Devin White, Levante yeah. David, Ooh. Shaq Barrett. Ooh. So by far, it's Tampa and one oh, in the linebacker good, crew. Good lord, yeah. Tampa's one. Tampa's one. Um, I like New Orleans Saints yeah, too because I, I like Pete Warner and Demario Davis. I like both of them. Yeah. And then, um, do I like Deion Jones and Lorenzo Carter, or do I like Shaq Thompson more? I think I like. Atlanta I think I like three. Atlanta three too. Yeah. They don't have any depth after Shaq Thompson. Even Shaq Thompson, I would not say it's like holy. Yeah, Crap. so that's funny. There, it's, it's fun. So it's like, how would you rate the front sevens? I think it would be very interesting because Tampa would be one in that. Gonna be one. Yes, and I think it would then be. I think it would be Carolina two. I'm sorry, no, I lied. Saints New two. Orleans, Saints two. Carolina, Carolina three, three, and then I have four. Somehow, Atlanta's like, God, this, why are we even doing this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why are we even in this list? It's like how it was when we did Chicago. Oh, it's just like God, Chicago just ended up being so four. Almost all right, and then we'll do the secondary here. So the. Uh, Atlanta Falcons secondary here. Did we Chicago got... win a single thing last in that one? I don't win they... a single thing? I don't think they did. Offensive line, defensive line. Did they win? Did they win linebackers? I don't know. Eric Kendricks no, in in Yeah, Green Bay's got eighty five good linebackers. So yeah, I don't think I don't think, so. I don't think they were I first place in anything. Did they did win quarterback for sure? Mm-hmm. Right, running back? No. Wide receivers? No. Tight end? O line? No. Tight? Yeah. Jesus. Good oh, Lord. Sorry, Chicago. My bad. Yeah. Um, yeah, secondary is here. Yeah. So we got um, for the Falcons. Yep. We got AJ Terrell. Okay. Eric Very Harris. good, by yeah. the way. AJ Terrell, left corner. Eric Harris, safety. Richie Grant, safety. Casey Hayward, right there corner. There he is. Okay. There he is. I forgot where he went, but yeah, he's in uh, Atlanta. Poor guy. Yeah, not the best. From also, Tease <laughs> Tabor and D Mallow from Detroit. D Marlow? D both They both are backups. Oh, there you go. Um, okay. Panthers, uh, Dante Jackson, Jeremy Chin, Xavier Woods, C.J. Henderson, J.C. Horn is also there. As a they call him a nickelback, but he's Where probably Gilmore. Oh, he's at the Colts now. Yeah, he's that's with the right. Colts because he was yep. there last year in Carolina. Yes. Yeah, that's yeah. not a bad secondary. For, that's not for, a bad secondary for, for Carolina. Uh, Jeremy Chin, I like a lot. Yep, Saints, Paulo, Paulson Debo. Yep, sorry, Marcus May, Tyron Matthew, Marshawn Lattimore, C.J. Gardner Johnson is a nickelback. You want to want to know why the Saints are still so good? Because they drafted so freaking well. Yeah. They also have Daniel Sorensen as a backup. Oh boy, yeah, rough. Don't put him in. Yeah, no. Um, and then, teamer. yeah, special teamer, hundred percent. And then uh, the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 
Carlton Davis III, Mike Edwards, Antoine Winfield Jr., Jamal Dean, Sean Murphy Bunting. Uh, they also got Keanu Neal and Logan Ryan okay. as all like backup yeah. safeties. So if you want to switch out Mike nah. Edwards and Keanu Neal, whatever. So okay, but so I think the start. Saints are one. Saints are one. Think it's close. Yeah, the Saints um, were awesome. I think low key. So here's the thing. Here's the problem with me. I like Tampa's secondary. On paper, it's not as good as Carolina's, but they play above their name. If that, yes, that makes they sense. Do. Like Jamel Dean is not like a I was like, okay. I'm, but he plays really well. I'm taking name value. I'm putting Carolina two yep. and Tampa three very yes. close. Yeah. But the way they play Tampa's two and Carolina's yeah, three. I would agree with that. I yeah, and I don't know if it's just a scheme thing or yeah. what it is, but man, Tampa's secondary always plays really well. Mm-hmm. Always plays really well. I think. You don't I think see busted coverage. I, I think that helps. Like we were talking about, is the yeah. front seven for Tampa. We said it's number one. Yes. So I think it helps them. Where, but Carolina also, as we've just yeah. gone over, the yeah. front four is but awesome. Like, so. Sean Murphy Bundy got hurt week one, mm-hmm. and they didn't fall off a massive cliff. Tampa didn't. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like that's that's important to note there. Um, the Saints, my goodness, they I mean could not. They lost Marcus Williams, and that's still the best secondary. Yeah. I mean, craziness. So, ranking defenses, I would put Tampa 1. Yep. New Orleans 2. <laughs> New Orleans. I don't know. Carolina's good. Yeah, defense. New Orleans 2. I think the linebacking crew hurts Carolina. A Carolina's lot, yeah. 3 and then 4. And then, when you rank the total teams, it's Tampa 1, Saints 2, Carolina 3, Atlanta 4. <laughs> so, uh, what we discovered is nothing, and Tampa's the best team in the division. Yep. But we gave everybody a fair shake in a we, vacuum. We do. We yeah, do. Everybody. We do. We give everyone a fair shake. Yep. It's just unfortunate. Atlanta, you that. got the best tight end in the league. It's fine. We got, yeah, you got the best tight end in the division. Yeah. I, I even. I know, see, I and your same conference. Because oh, that's George Kittle. <laughs> yeah. Good point. So. Yeah. Yikes. All righty then. All right. That's gonna be it for this week's show, guys. Next week, Mike, AFC. Which one are we doing? We did all four NFCs so far. Yeah. Which one? Which one? Sound, I guess. Okay. It's gonna put the caveat on how much we have to talk about next week. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I'll say, if there not a lot happens this week, we'll yep. do AFC North. Okay. If a whole bunch, if like Kevin Durant gets straight and a whole bunch of stuff happens, yeah. we'll do AFC East. Okay, sounds good. All right, be ready for that, guys. Hopefully Kevin Durant gets traded so we have something to talk about in the NBA. Uh, that's going to be it for this week's show, guys. On behalf of the Missing Wheelman, he's the Merck, so Mike Merkel. I'm the Mouth of Michigan, Rob Mendeika. We will see you guys, as always, next time.